turn the corner, talk about a trend. And it's not just something happening here at Walloon, not just in northern Michigan, not just even in Michigan or the Midwest. Uh, George Barna, George Gallup, uh, lots of books are being written. Here's the trend, ready? Most people who are connected to a church are less involved, less committed today than they used to be 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Here's what I mean. Those folks who would be here every Sunday, I don't care what the weather is, I don't care if you got a little sniffle, a little cough, but I'm just telling you, statistically, folks who used to be here every Sunday, it was like, go to church, go to school, go to your job, those are all, I'm all in. Now today, those folks, if you miss here and there, if I'm there, you know, most weeks, but maybe three out of four, you know, uh, three out of five, that, that's pretty good. You understand the trend? Uh, those folks that used to be every other week are making it to church about once a month now. You know, because things are busy. And there's a lot of things going on. And those who formerly attended church once a month are now making it maybe once a quarter. Sometimes two, three times a year. You know, I just got a lot going on, and, and I used to be able to go more often, and, and, I, and I just can't, you know, I'll be there at Easter, around there, Christmas, maybe another time or two if it works out. And here's one more interesting current trend all over. Uh, folks who used to be here every Sunday suddenly have decided, you know what, I, th I think I can do life fine without church. I think I'm okay on my own. I'll still read my Bible, and i um, still got some Christian friends, uh, but, but I think I'm okay. Maybe occasionally I'll listen to a podcast or I'll watch online, um, and, and that'll be good. And I can just kind of watch uh, church on my pajamas at home, and that's just the same. That's a very real thing. Again, in very large churches, metropolitan, smaller rural, that, that's going on all over. So that's true, and we're pretty sure that that's true here as well. You know, I'm not just talking about somewhere else. I'm talking here at Walloon. So today, I'm going to push back pretty hard against the trend. You up for that? You okay if I push back? I'm actually going to challenge each of us here this morning to actually press the other direction. I'm going to ask for you to consider, instead of backing away and being less involved and less committed and, and less growing and less serving, I'm going to ask that we actually, you might consider getting more involved. Getting more connected. That you might find places to serve and increase your involvement in the local church. And Some of you might be thinking, well, why would I do that? Are you ready? going to take a note. Here it is, back of your bulletin. we got a spot. You know why? Because God's plan to reach and change the world is the local church. Did you know that? The, the Lord's plan, it's His plan A, B, C, D. This is His plan. I'm going to use my local church to reach and to change the world. Reach and change our world. I would go much more specific. 
God's plan to reach and change northern Michigan is the local church. Really, the hope of the world is the local church. Where do you get that? Well, I'll go first of all to Matthew 16 and verse 18. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. In, in other words, I'm going to plant the local church right there, surrounded by the gates of hell. And I'm just telling you, it's going to stand, it's going to grow, it's going to be on the offense. When you go and you're raiding the gates of hell, that's an offensive position. I hear a lot of parents say this, and usually when they say this, they say it as though, look at me, I, I'm, I'm doing something really good. And here's what they say. A lot of parents say, you know what? I don't make my kids go to church. I want them to choose it for themselves. Doesn't that sound enlightened? I, I, I don't force them to go. So I always ask those parents, do you make your children go to school? Do you make your children? And the answer always is yes, of course. So then I ask, well, why do you make them go to school? Well, I don't want them to be uneducated. I want them to know about history and English and mathematics and science. Okay, let me see if I've got this right. Okay, you, you force them to go to school because you don't want them to be ignorant about academics, but you don't force them to go to church because knowing about Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb and God's word and eternal life and sin isn't really that important? Really? And then I usually get a little louder, and then I, I add one more. Really? Is that really what you believe? Is that really what you think? Uh, I would argue, give me your eyes, that as the world gets darker and drifts further away from biblical values and truth, we need young people more involved and more discipled and more under, we need middle-aged people more involved and more connected and serving more than we did 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. If anything, it's going to require more involvement, more connection, more understanding, more knowing biblical values and truth. Why? Because God's plan is for us to grow in community. Did you understand that? It's not just God's plan to reach and change the world, but God's plan to work in the hearts of believers is to do so in the middle of the body of Christ, which is the church family. God's plan is for you and for me. We grow, we mature, we find our gifts, we use our gifts in the context of a local church. That, that's... God's plan for us. We are meant to grow and live life in the church family. Would you please, there is a canary yellow insert in your bulletin. I'd like you to pull that out right now, okay? Again, lots of stuff in there in the bulletin. This is a busy time of the year, okay? This is the 2019 fall program guide. And I just want to say, here is found all of the opportunities for you and I to take the next step 
in your journey with Jesus and his local church. If God's plan for you and I to grow and mature, these are all the places that you can get connected, that you can start growing, so that you can start serving, so that you can be a part of reaching and changing your world, Northern Michigan. Okay, Because this is where it's going to be found. It's, it's in the local church. So I'm okay, Okay, I don't usually say this, but I'm okay if for the next few minutes while I talk, if you just want to peruse all of the Sunday opportunities, okay, and there's lots there, and then if you flip it over, then you got Tuesday and Wednesday nights and Thursday, and oh, by the way, we have appetizers, only we call them tidbits. They're things that happen all uh, through the month, okay? So just, just kind of look and, and see, we've got stuff for all different, from infants to the chronologically mature. Is that kind? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's one of the blessings of uh, being at this location. We have ministries for children, for teens, for college age, young married men, women, marriage, raising children, financial peace, celebrate recovery. Bob starts a seminary level training tonight, by the way. And if you've never had that, you'd have to go far away to get that kind of training. Community small groups all over. I'm just telling you, if Walloon was a supermarket, we are blessed. We've got a deli, we've got an automotive center, we've got a pharmacy, we've got butchers in the meat area, we've got produce that's amazing, fully stocked groceries, we've got a coffee shop, we've got a bank, we've got a barber shop. We've, I mean, just telling you, if we were, we're blessed. We're, we're, we are really blessed to be full service in every way. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to challenge you, resist the urge to drift and be less committed. And instead, I'm going to challenge you again, take the next step. Take the next step, get more committed, grow, connect, serve in God's plan to reach and change the world. Which is what? I'll say it again with me. It's the local church. Well, well how do you get that, Pastor? I'm not sure I buy that. Let, let's go book of Romans, okay? Well, we'll start with Acts, okay? Acts was uh, Paul and the early apostles going out and establishing what? Churches all over the world, okay? Then, then we go Acts, Romans, and that's written to the church at, any guesses? Rome, yeah. Acts, Romans. Uh, first and Second Corinthians, that's written to the church at Corinth, okay? The, Galatians, in the region of Galatia to the church, I'm just telling you. And then you get to Timothy and Titus, that's to pastors, and how to pastor in the local church. It's all about, like 95% of church, it's local churches he's talking about in God's Word. So I'm just telling you, would you just take a few moments and just keep, keep reading along and say, where, Lord, might you have me to get involved, to connect, so I can grow, so I can get grounded, so I can start serving. Lots of good places right here. Here is the tool. Okay. Um, now let's dive into God's Word. Let, let's see where else it talks about that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, God's Word is clear. It's strong, located on your phone or in your Bible. Uh, we're going to stand together, Hebrews 10. We'll start with verse 23.
We'll read down to verse 25. Ready? If you're able, let's stand together. Hebrews 10, start with verse 23. We'll read verse 24 and 25 too. Ready? Let's all together. Let's read. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Lord, the reality is that trend sadly is true. More and more followers of your son Jesus are less and less involved in your church. And I'm asking today as we dig into your book that we might find good reasons to push against that. Show us clearly, Lord, why we need to gather with the family and not get out of the church habit. Would you show us that this morning? Just for a moment, I want to pause, Lord, and I want to pray for some members of the family. Some who've had a, a simply awful week. I pray for Susan Miller, who lost her father this week. I pray for grace and uh, strength for Susan and her, and her mother as they prepare for that memorial. I pray for uh, Lois Crego and Tony Walters. They've had uh, broken bones and seizures going on. I pray for Patty Atkins and Irene Grote. We're going to have surgery this week, Lord. I'm looking to you, great physician that you are, to use the under physicians to, to bring lots of healing to their bodies. Thanks again, Lord, that uh, whatever's going on in your church today, and I suspect there's lots of different situations and trouble and even crises going on in lives standing right now. Lord, might we sense your presence, might we turn and cry out to you. Lord, might we know that you've never failed us once and you never will. You're on the throne, we trust you. Help us now, Lord, as we dig into your book. Teach us, correct us, nudge us, convict us. Lord, we're ready to hear from you. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one Unified voice. Amen. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let's, uh, let's look through that. Uh, just so you know, I can remember as a kid, this, this was always like the, the stick that the pastors would use. Don't give up the habit of meeting, you know, and that was the stick. But the reasons never really came out very clear. It was just the, don't quit coming to church. And, and I never really understood why. Let's dig in, because there's lots of good reasoning, lots of good reasons um, to get plugged in and lean hard into the local family. Here we go. Verse 23, hold unswervingly. Hold without wavering. One translation says, hold on hard to Jesus Christ and his promises. Hold on hard. Now the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 27 to 29, says Jesus holds on firmly to us. He, he keeps us safely in his hand. 
So John 10 says Jesus is holding on to us. And now Hebrews 10.23 says we're to hold on tightly to Jesus and his promises. So which is it? Which is it? Is, is it we're holding on to Jesus or Jesus is holding on to us? And what do you think the answer is? It's both. <laughs> Uh, Jesus holds on to his children, and his children are to hold on tightly to Christ. It's almost like a spiritual hug going on here. We hold on, he's holding us tight back. Okay, So the key place, please understand, verse 25 is the context, because he's saying you're not going to be able to do that and see that in action unless you're gathering regularly with the church body. So that's the context of verse 23, okay? So the place we get reminded to hold unswervingly to Jesus and his promises, where we see this lived out is the church family. And we've seen this over and over again here at Walloon. We, we've seen um, the, the Vanderwall family holding on tight to Jesus and having the church family come around them after they lost dad and husband, Carl. And they were supported, and they were supported by the church at large, by especially by their small group. And that's led by Bill and Carol. I'm just telling you, they walked through that awful time with them. Um, and uh, then when Mr. Bill gets promoted, suddenly now it's Carol's time to get encouraged and supported and reminded to live strong and trust. Do you understand? We're taught it here. We see it practiced here in the church family. We experience it personally. We pass it on to others in the context of the local church body. This is where that's lived out. This is where you're reminded. Oh, by the way, hold on tight to Jesus and His promises. Back to the text, verse 24. And let us consider, word there, consider, concentrated thought. This isn't just something off the top of your head. I take the time, I think through, I pray about what? Consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Anybody know the purpose of a spur? Any, anybody know the purpose of a spur? Let's get that picture up there of a spur. There we go. Um, I actually looked it up, other than looking cool. Um, a spur is a metal tool designed to be worn in pairs on the heels of riding boots for the purpose of directing a horse to move forward. So the horse is maybe reluctant to move, and now the spurs are designed to encourage that horse to move forward. And isn't that exactly what the verse is talking about? Verse 24. We are in the church family to be encouraging, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. To stimulate strongly with thought and prayer each other towards love and good deeds. And I'm just saying again, we get that in the church family. When we gather, when I'm connected, when I'm involved, when I'm serving, I'm focusing on loving and encouraging one another, that's when I'm reminding to, to do just that, 
to spur Myron on towards love and good deeds. Now here's the problem. If I'm not connected, if people aren't spurring me on, and I'm missing in action, and I'm not around, then there's no one around to spur me on, and I'm not spurring anybody else on. And then I go back to my default setting. What's my default setting? Any guesses? Here it is. You ready? What about Jeff? <laughs> what about me? What, what, what about my needs? What about my interests? I, I'm just telling you, my default setting is your default setting. It, it's, it's me. Focus on me, myself, and I, three of my favorite people. And, and what about me? And it's not looking out for others and encouraging them on toward love and good deeds. Back to the text, verse 25. Now we get to it. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I, I think that word habit is huge. The first thing I need to tell you about a habit is that it takes effort and determination and perseverance to get in the church habit. Some of you probably are aware, to get here consistently takes a habit. And it takes time to build a habit. And I'm grateful that I grew up in a home where unless I was Ralphing, sorry Marianne, um, if I wasn't Ralphing, Jeff, you're going to church. <laughs> but, but Dad, uh, Mom, I, I stayed up too late. My belly feels a little funny. Um, your belly was fine yesterday, and I suspect tomorrow your belly's going to be fine. You're going to get up, and we're going to stay in the habit of gathering with the church family. My mom and dad viewed church as an obligation more, more important even than school or work. That was tough then to get out, because I was always looking for an angle to play, and I'm just telling you, no, 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 we're, we're off. That we're a part of the family. That's who we are. And I just want you to know, that was great for me growing up. And lots of times, I wasn't happy about it. But I'm telling you, looking back, thank you, Lord. It was really good for me. Second note about gathering is that a habit is really easy. The church habit is really easy to get out of. Because every Sunday morning, I bet some of you woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm kind of tired. It's been a long week, it's, it's cold out, it's hot out, it's raining, it's snowing, uh, or maybe this is even worse, it's so nice out, <laughs> right? Sunday morning, oh, what a great day to boat, beach, ski, golf, bike, whatever. I could think of a lot of things. Here's the challenge. <laughs> uh, your children, your grandchildren will follow your lead. Now, some of you are saying, well, I'm not even married yet. You didn't, didn't get in the groove now. And you don't find, you don't, you don't even date someone who doesn't have the same groove as you. You understand? Um, the church habit is something that the people around you will notice and will follow. And here's what I've noticed. Wherever you're at, your children will usually follow a notch or two behind and lower. You understand? So again, you, you got to know this, and, and, and I just need to say, what kind of example are you setting for the people around you? What, do you, what kind of, set of example are you setting? Dad? Mom? Grandma? Grandpa? What, is that the trumpet call of God? What's going on? 
Should we be alarmed? <laughs> okay. So maybe someone will find out if we should be alarmed and be running. Okay. In the meantime, let's go back to the text. Verse 25. Here we go. That, that's a fiery dart. They don't want you to listen. They don't want you to get connected. Let's just think about it that way. We're going to listen. Here we go. Last part of verse 25. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging one another and all the more as you see. Anybody, anybody what's the day? So, so why should I be more involved and more connected as I see the day? The day is referring to the day of the Lord Jesus' return to earth. In other words, um, if you go to the last book of the Bible, when Revelation chapter 5, verse 20 begins, and the Lord Jesus is going to bring an end to the present church age, that's what we're talking about, as the Antichrist forces grow in strength and number, persecution and the cost for following Jesus is going to rise. You tracking? He's saying, as you see the day approaching, as you see the day, the end of the church age uh, coming, you're going to have to lean in even harder. You're going to need more encouragement. By the way, 2019... More people suffer, are persecuted, and have been martyred for their faith in Jesus than at any time in history. You know, you, we think, well, it was really bad back there, you know. All those emperors of Rome, um, they, they were all the Caesars. That was surely the worst. That's not true. Today, 2019, more people suffer and are persecuted because they love Jesus any time in history Voice of the Martyrs, they have a website, they have a magazine, really good book, Their Blood Cries Out, documents this very well. So if you think things are getting better for followers of Jesus, simply not true. And we are naive and ostrich-like if we think that following Jesus strongly is not going to cost us more and more and more, even in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I would argue it's already starting to cost more. And I think those costs are only... Here, here's the point. So, here, here's what he's saying. The harder things get, then the more you need to connect and get involved and increase your connection and your support in the local body of Christ. To withdraw from community, to withdraw from the church family, is to invite disaster. This is where we hold each other account. We, we, we connect with each other. We, we live in relationship with each other. That's what God's plan is. It's like the wildebeest playing, and he's playing over here, and there's a couple of them, and they're not paying it, and now the herd has moved 50 or 75 yards. Do you think the lions notice? <laughs> I, I promise you, the lions notice when the young drift away from the safety of the herd. And now suddenly they see a very tasty meal in sight. Or it's like the soldier, soldier in battle gets separated from his platoon. Did you know that when the soldier is not with the safety of the other brothers in arms, 
That's when he is the most vulnerable. He's the easiest target when he's separated from his fellow soldiers. It's true for us too. Can I ask one more time? Would you prayerfully consider taking a step? Would you prayerfully consider moving towards more involvement, more connection, more growth, more serving in the church family? Why? We'll say it again. Because the local church is God's plan to reach and change the world. The local church literally is the hope of the world, and it's also the place where followers of Christ gather, worship corporately. This is the herd. This is our, our, our platoon that we gather with. This is where there's safety, where there's growth, encouragement, support, and love. Let's resist the trend. Okay? Let's be radical. Anybody up for being radical? Right, let's, let's be radical and press in and be more committed and more involved and go against the flow. Why? Because this is God's plan to reach Northern Mission. It's the local church. So, last thought, then we'll sing and you're done. Would you do one more thing to resist the urge to run to your car right after this service? I'll finish on time, okay? But um, we have most of these ministries are right now set up in the gymnasium. And I know some of you do all that you can to resist having to go walk around and uh, take, because I promise you, the big boy will be open right after BC Pizza. They'll wait. They'll cook you your pizza a little later today. My, my point is, would you consider walking around and just saying, Lord, where is it that you might have me press in and get more connected, more involved, so I can grow, so I can serve? And I'm just telling you, right up in the gymnasium, right after this service, it's going to happen. Okay? And, and they'd love to meet with you, and you can stick around. Even if you just take a quick walk around, then you can say, okay, Pastor Jeff, I did it. Okay? Oh, and let me say one last word, just one word. Donuts. Okay? okay? So there's, there's one, more, one more thought. There you go. Let's pray together as we close. Thank you, Jesus, for the church that you built. You died for. You're the brains and it's your plan to reach and change northern Michigan through local churches just like this one. <laughs> and Lord, I could argue that that, wow, you're really going to use us, but that is your plan. It's clear in your book. So I want to pray specifically for those here this morning who've been drifting away, who've been less involved, less committed, would you speak a nudge and prompt them to step up? Lord, would you uh, point out to them why this needs to be a priority in their lives? And Lord, I'd ask that you would take away some of the excuses, some of the reasons why. 
Because truthfully, Lord, as this world gets darker and our culture drifts further and further away from your book, and as the cost of following your son gets more painful, it's going to be more and more dangerous for us to not be connected and close with the church family. Work powerfully, Lord. We love you. And we're grateful that we got together today to celebrate your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray.